Hands and Scotty, 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Happy Monday. Super Bowl is done. The NFL season is done. And now we wait for the countdown to the start of the 2024 season. It's a bittersweet day, Hans. Very Sep- bittersweet. Sep- September cannot get you here soon enough. Come on. At least give me some spring ball now. Give me something. I need some type of football. Yeah. It's always hard when it comes to an end. But, it, man, it, what a great ending. Great fireworks to end this thing. I thought Vegas did a really good job of hosting the place. And, you know, they, they added some elements of Vegas to the intros and to some of the pregame festivities. And there was even a Vegas flair there with Usher at halftime. You saw some of the contortionists and, and other things that were going on. But, man, I thought it was fireworks across the board. I thought it was a great finish to the football season. Well, joining us now, Vinny Iyer, kind enough to carve out a few moments for us from the Sporting News, also uh, part of the Lockdown Network as well. Super Bowl is done, and Vinny's here to help us recap it. Vinny, how are you, man? Hey, Vinny. I'm doing well. Thanks for having me, guys. So when you look at the um, the Kyle Shanahan overtime, should he have kicked, should he have received players didn't know the rules or at least are claiming they didn't know the rules is this a blemish on Kyle Whit- or uh, on Kyle Shanahan yeah I think this is an area that he kind of struggles with um, and it's tough I mean you kind of learn that as you go along as a coach I mean we know where he kind of cut his cloth like in terms of him being a great offensive schemer and he's excellent at that we know that he's good at designing an offense finding players to fit that offense and really maximizing their strength. That's what he does. And he's an overall good leader. We know that. But these type of things in bigger games can really get in the way, and some coaches are just good at it, the tactical parts of the game, where you're preparing your team as well as possible for all the situations. And I think that's kind of how the Chiefs have operated under Andy Reid, that they're going to be prepared for everything. And – I think maybe you get caught up in designing all these fancy things you can do, probably spend some time trying to figure out how to set up the Juwan Jennings play, right? But maybe like, okay, maybe we should have spent a little bit more time. Okay, these are the new overtime rules. We've got to play it a little differently. And you could tell, like, his answer was kind of weird, like saying, okay, we wanted the ball third. Wait a second. You don't want to give Patrick Mahomes the ball second, period, in any situation. So I think you go back to the Falcon Super Bowl, maybe making a few – mistakes there and the play calls and not running the clock off in the right way or protecting the quarterback when you have a big lead. So that was something that he's rude a little bit the earlier game that just got away from them when they were up 10 points. So look, there's a lot of questions about that for Kyle Shanahan. And look, he's a great schemer, but now it comes down to can he evolve as a head coach? And keep in mind, Andy Reid, a lot of questions about how he managed the game his challenges, his clock management when he was a coach of the Eagles. He figured that out as he went along, and he became the coach he was today. So maybe just needs a, a few bits of seasoning and learning from those mistakes to turn it around. Let's talk a little bit about Patrick Mahomes' performance in this game. You know, just a few days before, his dad gets another DUI, his third, and, you know, he's dealing with so much different uh, so many different distractions with his wife and with the team and Taylor Swift and everything that's going on. And he just seems to laser, laser focus himself in the pantheon of great quarterbacks. How great is he? And is he just starting or is he just starting the decline? Well, I think he's in his prime right now. I mean, he's just turning uh, 28. So, I mean, he's, he won't be turning 29, I think, until September 17th. So 
he's got a long way to go before he's going to hit 30 here in, in his prime year. So if you look at the body of work over six seasons as a starting quarterback, getting three Super Bowl titles, getting to another and having an AFC championship, winning two MVPs, some of the numbers he's putting up, the pace. When you combine all that and put it in a blender, I mean, this is the best start we've ever seen by a quarterback from the first six years as a starter ever in this league in terms of winning championships, in terms of putting up numbers, in terms of the eye test with the arm, the athleticism, making plays, executing the efficiency. He's one of the most uh, well-rated passers now in NFL history, just uh, trying to get ahead of Pat or Aaron Rodgers in this current era. So, And that number is important because a lot of those guys that are highly rated over the years win Super Bowls, and it kind of rates how good they are in – those type of performances, not making mistakes. So everywhere you look at it, he's on the trajectory to be the GOAT. Right now, you got Tom Brady, of course, having seven Super Bowl rings, and Patrick Mahomes is not even at half that. So that's one way to measure a quarterback, but you can also measure the stats and the ability and just the eye test. So right now, if you say compare Tom Brady six years in and Patrick Mahomes six years in, you're going to say, yeah, I think there's a clear winner here. So but the key, sticking around, being healthy, and being able to produce at a high level deep into your career. So um, Andy Reid says he's coming back, and I don't, you know, I obviously, you know, like you get to a certain age and you want to <laughs> settle down and enjoy the family and travel a little bit. But when you have this juggernaut of a team returning, I, I can imagine you'd still want to be a part of it. Do you? Was there any thought at all that he might shut it down after a win, or did everybody on the national scene feel like he was going to come back and run it back again with this squad? I think once we got the answer last year when he beat the Eagles and they won their second Super Bowl, then it was like, okay, I think this guy's in it for a while. He wants to see how far you can take it with Patrick Mahomes, and why wouldn't you want to come back? I mean, it's a great situation. And the other thing he's done is he – Surrounds himself with a lot of guys he trusts. I know they lost Eric the Enemy, but Matt Nagy was someone he had to staff before, so he had him under him offensively. Then Steve Spagnuolo has been now been there for quite a while. Dave Tube, the special teams coordinator, maybe an underrated guy still in this league, and given how his unit performed, I mean, there was a lot of difference on special teams in that game last night. So I think you look at this whole thing he's got a good support system he's got a quarterback who makes things easy he's got veteran leaders there not just with Mahomes or Travis Kelsey Chris Jones whom they'll try to keep above everyone else here in free agency so look as long as he's having fun and you saw him he was having fun like he brushed off a player coming over and pushing him and and he just kind of made a joke about it and then he's diving on the floor there with the Chris Jones of the stadium and then looking at his cheeseburger hunt after the game. I mean, he just seems like he's having too much fun to quit. And I guess if you want to spend time with family and travel, I guess he's doing that right now. The Chiefs have become his family and all the stuff that's come with it. Well, let's jump over to the other side, talk a little bit about San Francisco, because you've got Brock Purdy, who's extremely young and very affordable right now. How quickly does he become unaffordable? And can the 49ers continue kind of their run? Do they look to be set up for longevity and maybe a couple more Super Bowl pushes, or was this a, a one-and-done for them? Yeah, this is a very critical offseason for them because they got to plan ahead a little bit because Brock Purdy, you can't do anything 
because he was drafted as a seventh rounder, you can't do anything with his contract until January 2025. So he, it's status quo, and they're going to get that bargain. But they also have to consider Brandon Ayuk and the contract that he's going to have to ask for. And you've already invested a lot in George Kittle and Debo Samuel. Can you afford one more pass catcher? Do you have to trade him so you can get a high value? Much like we saw with DeForest Buckner, right? They flipped him during the draft trying to get his replacement. And I, I think the 49ers, they are, do a great job with the salary cap and staying ahead of things. They're in a tough cap situation now. So you got to figure that out. How are we going to pay the guys we want for the core? How are we going to replenish some of our weaknesses? They probably will think about keeping Chase Young, but they might not be able to keep him at this rate or don't want to keep him. So they do have 11 draft picks. I think you'll see them attack offensive line defensive line a little bit more with those maybe get a replacement wide receiver so that's how the 49ers will operate I mean that's their MO I think with John Lynch is that if they see a salary issue coming they're going to find a way around it and we think we saw that with Jimmy Garoppolo and trying to make it work with Trey Lance and they ended up working with Brock Purdy even better for them so again just it'll be an interesting offseason but I would expect bolstering the offensive line is going to be critical this offseason when you look at um, overall the uh, landscape of the NFL and the fact that Kansas City for the first time had to go on the road to get to the Super Bowl and play two road games against two really good teams to get there, does this one feel like even a bigger accomplishment than maybe some in the past? I mean, yeah, just look at who they went through, by the way. When you look at it now, it's impressive. I mean, Tua Tagovola led the league in passing yards. That was the first quarterback the defense shut down. Then they kind of uh, didn't treat Josh Allen very well as a passer and shut him down. And Lamar Jackson, MVP of the league, they forced turnovers and stopped him. So they went through those three quarterbacks. Patrick Mahomes played, outplayed them all. And then they get the 49ers of Brock Purdy, who led the league in yards per attempt and throwing downfield. And touchdown percentage, they get the best of him. And Mahomes does his thing and kind of ramps up his play during the playoffs. So... Yeah, it's an incredible run. When you go through those four quarterbacks, particularly in this season, I mean, the only thing missing was Jalen Hurts, but they did that last year's Super Bowl. So when you look at it, I mean, it, it is an incredible run, and it's got to be really frustrating if you're a fan of any of those other Nancy teams because right now the only team that has figured out Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs is quarterback by Joe Burrow. So Joe Burrow's not in the mix and healthy next year and playing at a high level. I mean, it's going to be tough to see someone beating them. I guess a lot of people remember this NFL season as the season of Swift. I just want to get your thoughts on, you know, what she added through the postseason and or what she subtracted through the postseason and what she may have done for the numbers. Are we going to see higher numbers off, off ratings and viewership? Yeah, it's very strange to me overall that a minute of – Someone jumping up and down can add that much of ratings to a game. And that's essentially, I think, what it came down to in terms of the screen time for her. So if we're complaining about a minute, <laughs> then, mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, there were some annoying commercials that lasted longer than a minute. The watch that is true. A minute during, <laughs> during the Super Bowl. So I don't know. I don't know what the demographics. I don't think necessarily it's as profound as we think in terms of, okay, if you're a fan of Taylor Swift, if, to see her for one minute, are you going to watch her three-hour game just to do that or just go to her concert, pay a lot of money, or watch a movie? So I don't know how much we will find out later, the impact 
But I think what it did was in the conversation, right, cross it over into the pop culture conversation, bring the NFL into more consideration for people, right? It is, okay, here's a sport, but then it's like, okay, it's now mashed up with the world of entertainment, with the biggest pop star in the world also being attached to the sport. So I think in terms of the brand recognition, the global power of the NFL, it's expanding. I mean, just look what's happening here. You get Rio as a game destination, and then you, or Sao Paulo, I should say, and you turn around and go to Madrid. I mean, the NFL is trying to globally dominate, and of course they're going to use a globally dominant superstar to try to get the means to that end. Vinny, are joining us from the Sporting News right here on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. So um, I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit here. Obviously, San Francisco and Kansas City are, you know, expected to be very good next year. Who do you think challenges those two teams um, and can do so um, and, and be right there with them next year? Do you think Philadelphia has is, is fallen back? Can Buffalo kind of regain some position? Like, who are you looking at next year if you take those two teams out that should be able to uh, fight for a chance to uh, be in the next Super Bowl? Yeah, I mean, you look at definitely the contenders that you had with the Ravens and Bills, but again, Joe Burrow, you saw what he's able to do in a couple games against Patrick Mahomes. He seems to be the guy that, if you're going to pick another guy that's going to get a ring in this window, you would say it's Joe Burrow. And the Bengals need to make some decisions around him, but I think they'll become better and they'll rebound for sure. I mean, they're a very good organization as well and replenishing through the draft and free agency. So that's a team I would watch out for having a big comeback. Of course, the Jets are going to look completely different offensively, maybe with Aaron Rodgers, if he can be healthy and they can make some upgrades there, the receiving core beyond Garrett Wilson, you could see a very scary Jets team because we know how loaded their defense can be and how well it can play if there's an offense to support it. So, Maybe there's a couple teams there, the Bengals and Jets. I think in the NFC, you got to look at Detroit. I mean, that was a great run. They have everything intact. Their coaches didn't go anywhere on the staff. So I'm really intrigued to see what the Lions can do and see if they can push it higher, given uh, they're going to have a lot of draft capital and salary cap space to keep improving their team. How do you think Vegas did with the whole Super Bowl armies? I think it did well. I think the fact that we're gone to the point of mainstream gambling everywhere is in our face, that it seemed like the logical next step. I mean, talk about the global domination of the NFL. That space, it was reluctant to go into, but now it's like, let's go to the place, the heartbeat of all this betting action, and have a Super Bowl there. So. I'm just shocked at how this turned around so quickly just from like 20 years ago. But Super Bowl in Vegas, I don't know if we had seen it then, but I think they did a good job. But, again, Vegas, between their conventions and their Formula One races, was probably a drop in the bucket event for them. Hmm. Who who won the coaching search um, hires? And I know it's still early to tell, but, but who's who's a team that hired a coach that you thought, okay, that's a good fit? they're better today than they were before. Yeah, I think the obvious choice is Jim Harbaugh. I mean, just being able to get him to come back to the NFL in the right situation, he picked Justin Herbert. We're definitely going to watch the Chargers there, and who knows, they could be the team opening the season against the Chiefs. That would be a pretty good opener to see Harbaugh in that game. And then I think the underrated hire, I think, is Raheem Morris. I mean, he had one run through there 
with the NFC South team in Tampa, but he was much younger then. He's won a Super Bowl as a defense coordinator since. They're borrowing some more of that Rams philosophy defensively and offensively, and we know how good that can be, that Sean McVay's kind of influence goes around the league. So I'm really intrigued to see what the Falcons can do because I think they've underachieved here for three consecutive seasons at 7-10. and 10. I'm in the eye right here on 97.5, the EKSL Sports Zone. So, uh, what does your uh, what does your off season look like? Are you uh, you uh, you able to get away for a little bit now? I'll try, uh, but <laughs> the biggest thing is I'll, I'll probably pivot a lot to the draft and free agency. Um, all, we're all over that for Sporting News as well. So I'm already looking at who's going to sign where, what contracts are coming, who do I like in the draft. We have mock drafts up, free agent rankings up, big boards up already. So it'll only keep changing as we get combine and all that good stuff and free agency. So NFL really, to me, doesn't rest until May when the draft is over. What uh, is is Caleb Williams your consensus number one, or do you think that uh, that might change uh, going into the draft? I think for now, I mean, if you look at the full body work and people maybe are too focused on – how he was a little bit this year. But if you look over the seasons and what he's done as a polished prospect, you know how special he can be with the right system. So it'll be interesting to see if the commanders go after him. I think that's the biggest thing with Cliff Kingsbury there. Well, we certainly appreciate your time, Vinny. Enjoy the off season, whatever there is, because there really is no off season when it comes to the NFL. But uh, again, thanks for hanging out with us and uh, we'll talk to you again here soon. All right. See you. There he is, Vinny Iyer, right here on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone, as the NFL season is now officially done.